The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
Good morning, and welcome to everyone with us today. Welcome to those joining us on, <clears throat> excuse me, on live stream. It's great to have you. I'm Lucy Smith, a member here at UUSF and a worship associate. I'm happy to be joined in the chancel today by our guest preacher, the Reverend Mr. Barb Grieve. Reverend Barb is a former co-moderator of our Universalist, Unitarian Universalist Association, which is the highest lay leadership position that exists in our movement. Thank you, Barb, for that service. And he's a graduate of the Star King School of the Ministry right here in the Bay Area, um, a religious educator early in his career, and now serving as a chaplain, chaplain at Vitas Healthcare. Welcome to all of those making worship possible. Thanks to our musician, Larry Chin, who was supposed to be here with us last week when we had to cancel due to a staff COVID exposure and who graciously agreed to be with us here today. Welcome, Larry. And thanks to Richard Fay, our song leader. Thanks to our live stream team making this morning possible, especially Jonathan Silk, but also our camera person, uh, Jackson Munn. And to our building staff, Kelvin and Remigio, and our flower team, Amy Kelly and Theda Burke, who prepare and brighten this space. And to Linda Messner, who's leading uh, the ushers today. And thanks to all of you for being here. Let's begin by lighting our blue candle in honor of all of you at home, bringing your spirit and presence into this space and this time we share together. Please 
please say with me the words of our chalice lighting printed in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. If this is your first time watching, thanks for joining us. You can follow along in the order of service, which is available in the description of this video and is emailed to everyone who receives our newsletter. You can sign up to get our newsletter by filling out the connections form. Hard copies are available on the welcome table outside the sanctuary, and an electronic link is in the order of service and video description. The order of service also lists upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect. To our live stream guests, if you have any issues, Joe Chapeau is monitoring, monitoring the chat and is available there to help you out. Please note in the order of service chances to deepen your spiritual practices, engage in deeper study, and also to put your values into practice through a variety of opportunities here at UUSF. I want to call your attention especially to two. One is going on today. Uh, the young adult lunch outing will happen today at 12.30. Meet Maddie and Joe in the um, lobby outside the sanctuary and hie yourselves on out for lunch. And the auction planning committee is uh, to meet. We're setting things up. Um, that, no experience is necessary, and it's a fun committee, I can tell you, because I've been on it for several years. Um, it's also a good opportunity to join because it's a time-delimited thing. It's through, the committee lasts through the auction, so you're not committing for long term. Um, the meeting, first meeting will be July 17th, that's next Sunday, at 5 p.m., live in the Stebbins room and on Zoom. And now will you please join me as we say together the words of our covenant and then sing together our doxology. The words are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. Come all that dwell below the skies, let songs of hope and faith let peace, goodwill on earth be sung through every land by every tongue. todos bajo el gran sol, surya esperanza, fe, amor, verdad, belleza, cantando de invite you into a spirit of spoken and silent prayer. Together, let us take a collective steady breath in and a slow exhale out. Holy One, whose presence is ever with us, yet whose name often eludes us, we give thanks for your presence in our lives. 
The world around us is not yet the paradise we imagine it could be. There is too much war, too much violence, too much poverty, hatred, and need. Today, we hold in our hearts all the families who have lost loved ones this past week. May they be reminded of love and grace. We pray for the safety of the global majority and minority, all citizens around this globe. We pray for the victims of authoritarianism and oppression and violence. May we all know peace and safety, love and comfort, and may the energy we need to be compassionate, empathic, loving, caring, healing people be restored to us now in our moments of greatest need. May we sit in silence and offer up our own prayers. Amen.
Well, Daniel Jackaway was supposed to be the uh, worship associate today, but he's homesick with COVID, so I am reading his words. And I told him when I read this that um, I heard his voice in the words, and I, I hope you can hear his voice through mine. Uh, here we go. <clears throat> I spent my whole childhood in a mid-sized Unitarian Universalist fellowship in an East Coast college town. It was the center of my family's social life. We were there every Sunday, and we spent a lot of time socializing with people from the church. Church is where my parents showed me their values. They never directly instructed me there. Better, they demonstrated true service to a community. I saw them step up for visible leadership and unglamorous service alike. I still take much of what I got from growing up UU for granted because it felt so normal, even natural. It's hard for me to conceptualize not growing up in a community founded on liberal values, inclusion, multiculturalism, and religious pluralism. For example, I am culturally Jewish, and for years I was confused when people at school asked me about that in a way that seemed like it really mattered. I knew of the history of oppression, but in my life, especially at church, being one of the few Jewish families was just a small detail about us, like being one of the only families with relatives on the West Coast. I didn't appreciate how special that was because it was what I had always known. Most formatively, my home church believed in me. The most meaningful instance of this is when I started attending welcoming congregation workshops. Welcoming congregation was a program developed by the UUA for churches back when being pro-LGBT was a little contentious, even for UUs. A church would first educate their congregations about LGBT issues via a series of workshops, and then have a congregational vote affirming their status as an actively welcoming congregation to people of all sexualities and gender identities. When I was in middle school, a friend invited me to stay after church one day to attend the introductory welcoming congregation workshop with her. A few weeks later, I attended another workshop in the series. I guess the facil facilitators were impressed with my engagement and participation. The next thing I knew, I was invited onto the welcoming congregation committee. The committee planned those workshops, pride events, and lobbying efforts. This was the mid-2000s, when even my blue state had new laws against no laws against discrimination based on sexuality and gender identity. Even so, at the age of 13, I was on a committee. For all of high school, I was planning events and facilitating workshops targeted at adults. I was attending monthly meetings with agendas. And as far as I could tell, everyone was treating me just like another committee member, valuing my input and trusting me to follow through on my commitments. Being called into service as a meaningful contributor was one of the most empowering experiences of my life. It taught me that I can make a difference in bigger ways than I might expect. And it taught me confidence in myself that I have carried forward to this day as I have continued to find ways to lead here at UUSF, in other volunteer organizations, and in my career. I truly don't know who I would be if I had not grown up Unitarian Universalist. This morning's offering 
will be taken to support the work of Transgender Religious Professional Unitarian Universalists Together, or TRUST. Our sharing of the collection is a piece of supporting the living mission of mutual support, care, and equity. TRUST has provided trainings and transgender identity to the denomination's credentialing bodies, assisted in the settlement of trans religious educators and ministers in our UU congregations, and has worked with the Unitarian Universalist Association in improving trans-related health insurance coverage and introduced gender-neutral bathrooms at GA many years ago. It has sponsored informal gatherings of trans religious professionals at UU conferences, culminating in the first ever retreat for UU trans religious professionals in April of 2016 and 17. There is much more information about the organization in your order of service, but I thank you in advance for your gifts and offerings to support this work. If you give a check, please just write special offering in the memo section, and if you give online using our online portal, please also indicate this is for the special offering and give today's date. Thank you for your generosity. reading this morning is by the Reverend M. Barclay and can be found at enfleshed.com, which um, is a website that is a collection of theological and meditative writings available for when you need that. Here's our reading. Not nice, no more nice, nor excusing, not passive, nor placating, nor patronizing. No more of what makes tomorrow more of the same when it could all be different. 
not nice, but still tender, tender like in touch with pain, one's own, others, ours, everyone's, but particularly and differently. Tender like knowing from experience, tender like there's too much at stake not to be, tender like fiercely fighting for the soft parts of us trying to make it, the possibilities of right relationships, the justice that changes everything, roots deep. Tender like chosen family, tender like abolition, tender like the love and accountability, tender like you're not alone, tender like laughter, tender like death in its right time, tender like spring, tender like all the earth asking us to please come home. This ends our reading for the morning. He drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, a thing to flout, but love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in. These words by American poet Edwin Markham were the opening words to the children's chapel of my childhood, where we children sat on the carpet squares, sometimes in lines and sometimes in an ever-widening circle with the Director of Religious Education teaching us the core values of our Unitarian Universalist faith through story, song, and activity. The closest thing we had to rituals back then was the recitation of this poem. These were the years before lighting a chalice became ritualized and common practice in UU congregations. I was a child attending chapel services in the years before our principles were reformulated to remove sexist language, before they were radically changed from their original form to the precursor of how we know them today, when we removed man-only language, removed the assumption of race and class and religious superiority that was embedded in the original version and we added our respect for the interdependent web of all existence. I was 14 years old when the newly agreed upon principles were adopted by the 1985 General Assembly. I remember vividly the wallet cards the congregation purchased to help members learn and share the newly adopted principles. And I remember the resistance and heated conversations that were had in the years leading up to that change. It was the year I entered high school and the congregation's youth group, still under the form of LRY or liberal religious youth. 
During my high school years, the group shifted from LRY to YRUU, or Young Religious Unitarian Universalists. A decade later, in 1995, the Gray Hymn Book Singing the Living Tradition was released and became the new standard in our congregations. These are just a few of the transitions I've witnessed. Each of these transitions in our faith and approach to expressing our faith as individual transitions and collectively have been blessings in my life. Together, they have taught me that Unitarian Universalism truly is a living tradition, a faith grounded in an ever-revealing, ever-evolving understanding of ourselves and our role in the wider world. This lesson of change as foundational to our practiced faith has been a life-saving lesson and blessing for me, as has all that our faith has offered me. I sometimes casually say that Unitarian Universalism saved my life. I don't mean it figuratively. It literally has saved my life. I am an adoptee who had the privilege of meeting some of my biological family. Given the conservative Christianity that my birth mother practiced, I can only speculate at what hell my life would have been like had I been raised in her faith community. You see, I knew way back in kindergarten that my gender was not what it was assigned at birth, though it would take me almost 20 years before I had the words to articulate my understanding of myself. Nurtured into being by a congregation of people who loved me just as I am, who supported me with all of my quirks and stubbornness, who encouraged my creativity and innovation, who modeled complexity and community and change. This is what gave me the strength and courage to come out as transgender at a time when most of the people around me had never been exposed to the word, never mind had any sense of what it meant. It was a time when most trans and queer folks were isolated, living without the technologies that connect us today, and unable to be fully themselves and simultaneously be in mixed community. I was grateful and am still grateful to be raised in this faith, this faith that from the earliest of ages taught me that God loves me as I am and as I am becoming and that members of my faith communities will learn how to and then do the often hard work of being uncomfortable as they learn new ways of moving in the world, especially if it means together we can draw a circle to invite more in. One of the gifts of Unitarian Universalism is that we understand we are coming into life midstream and have an obligation to those who came before us and those who will come after us, that we are enjoying the fruits of another's labors while also planting and tending the metaphorical seeds and sometimes physical seeds that those who come after us will also enjoy. For me, this is easier to remember when I am part of a multi-generational community where some of my friends are my age while others are decades older than me. And now that I've aged enough, some are 40 years younger than me. Where we seek the wisdom of the elders and yelders alike. 
At the age of 14, I officially signed the membership book at the first parish in Framingham, Massachusetts, becoming a voting member of the congregation. I had been dedicated there as a baby, but taking this move into official membership felt important then and continues to be one of my most cherished life decisions. I am ever blessed to have been raised in a faith community that embraced me as a child, provided me opportunities and support as a teen, and continues to encourage me to grow as an adult. I am grateful for a theology and heritage that embraces liminal spaces and is simultaneously transient and permanent. Active participation in church worship has taught me the importance of ritual and storytelling, of sharing of ourselves and our life experiences. It has taught me how necessary community is, not only when disaster happens and we pool our resources together to help one another, but also when life is good and we celebrate together. I have learned the power of collective cries of outrage when the world's violence is too much to bear through protests, rallies, and calls to action. Together, we can make more of a difference than any one of us alone could do. Throughout my childhood, I had ample opportunity to attend committee and congregational meetings, often because my mother worked for the church. Through witnessing the business of the church, I learned the importance of questioning how our decisions are grounded in and reflective of our values. Everything from where our toilet paper comes from to which businesses we choose to support through our patronage. I learned the intricacies of using Robert's rules of order and later in life learned the nuanced benefits and challenges that such a form of governance brings. I was introduced to a large array of different ways to govern. Being part of this living tradition means that as uncomfortable as it often is, we are willing to confront our collective histories, telling the stories of struggle as well as the stories of success. It means accepting that often someone other than ourselves has more wisdom, more experience, more insight, than we do personally. In April of 2011, I was asked to share my hopes for the future of our faith. At the time, I wrote the following. Our faith is not an easy one to practice. It demands of us that we be in constant awareness and dialogue with the world. Unitarian Universalism requires religious engagement, not just when it is convenient, or easy, but in every moment. We have a rich history and a complicated theology. We have a complicated history and a rich theology. One of the greatest strengths we have is that we offer an image of life that it is in motion and pluralistic. Through our focus on community and covenant, we learn that the holy takes place in our connections to and with one another. At times, there seems to be a disconnect between the church school lessons I learned as a youngster and how we adults live out our Unitarian Universalist values. 
The Unitarian Universalism of my childhood taught me that with diversity comes strength, that through embracing our differences, we can better understand our world around us. Yet my years working in and with our congregations have taught me that more often than not, this is more theory than practice, that at times we seek to be with those just like ourselves. And yet, I have witnessed our congregations make tremendous progress in embracing this diversity and changing the ways they are in the world in order to accommodate a beloved member of their existing community. My hope for our future is that it does not take someone already within our community to inspire us to change our ways to be more inclusive and affirming. My hope is that we are willing to change in order to greet all with open hearts, that we are willing to create a circle, to widen a circle that welcomes those who are not here yet. My hope for the next 50 years is that our congregations and covenanted communities <clears throat> excuse me, continue to engage in holy discourse around diversity and affirmation. My hope is also that we continue to share our presence with the world, exemplifying that it is possible to embrace the pluralistic nature that is already existing in life. Eleven years later, that is still my hope. That and more. <clears throat> I am hopeful that we continue to build communities where we joyfully acknowledge the pluralism and diversity among us, and we work together to dismantle the systems that have historically prevented some of us from flourishing. I am hopeful that we will continue to transform our congregations and covenanted communities into places of liberation, sharing our good news with the world in ways that invite folks in and allow us to be transformed, partnering with others to help bend the arc of the universe towards justice, remembering that we may not have all the answers, but in partnership with others, we can find and learn what is needed of us. Organizer and writer Grace Lee Boggs asks, what time is it on the clock of the world? Now is the time to imagine, to story, to organize our communities into places of resilience, justice, and love. Now is the time to focus on body autonomy, reproductive rights, disability justice, racial justice, queer justice, economic justice, environmental justice, justice in all its forms. Now is the time to ground ourselves theologically and live our faith boldly in the public sphere. Now is the time for no more nice. Now is the time to be tender. Tender like fiercely fighting for the soft parts of us trying to make it the possibilities of right relationships. The justice that changes everything, everything roots deep. Our faith needs to continue to work on developing a clear articulation of our beliefs and our values. Our communities are hungry for stories that anchor us to purpose and provide the buoyancy needed to be in the long-term work for justice. We need to return to our physical bodies, remembering that bodies are awesome and each one of us different 
from another. We know that a primary tool of white supremacy culture is to keep us disconnected from our bodies and that we are yearning for embodied spiritual practices. We are blessed by a Unitarian Universalism that is unconditionally committed to dismantling white supremacy culture, that from its very beginning has lived into and modeled a commitment to changing to meet the needs of our times. Sometimes we've done that well, and often we've had to repair relationships in the process. And yet we are blessed by a Unitarian Universalism that can be boldly inclusive, unapologetically queering what it means to be a people of faith and willing to change our physical and spiritual spaces so that we continue to widen the circle of who is and who will be among us. And so today, my friends, I invite you to join me to live into being a part of the living tradition, to live our faith out loud and unapologetically, to bring into being a world of justice and care using righteous anger and holy, tender love. I invite you to always say yes in the moments when your heart thumps and your palms are sweaty, to say yes at the intersection of excitement and fear and then do the work to learn the necessary skills, to grow in your roles, nurturing the next generation, ensuring that their path is not as hard or challenging to forge as was yours. I invite you to be bold where boldness is needed and gentle when gentleness is warranted, to move with a humility that reminds yourself that what you know is but one perspective to remain open to changing as your assumptions are challenged and your knowledge grows. We live in an imperfect and hurting world. Let us be witnesses to the pain and warriors against the injustices, remembering that the power for change exists in communities working together, that none of us alone can make the lasting change the world needs. Let us always remember to pause in celebration of our successes, to mourn our losses, and be mindful to learn from it all. May we all cherish the blessings of this faith that expects personal connections, embraces communal transformation, and offers holy love. Amen, Ashe, and blessed be. For all that is our life, we sing our thanks and praise. For all life is a gift, which all are called to use to build the common good. And make our own days glad. For deeds which offer serve, for services we give, for work and its reward, for hours of rest and love, we come in praise and thanks. For all that is our life, 
For sorrow we must bear, for failure, dress, and lies, for each new thing we learn, for fearful hours that pass, we come with praise and thanks. For all that is our life, For all that is our life, we sing our thanks and praise. For all life is a gift which we are called to use to build a common good and make our own days glad. our benediction. And now in our comings and our goings, may the light of love shine upon us, out from within us, be gracious unto us, and bring us peace. For this is the day we are given. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs>